For many of us, 2020 could be described as thus. It's like looking both ways before crossing the street and then getting hit by a submarine because it's been the craziest year ever. That was written by Clark Smith, age nine from Beverly Hills, Michigan. We're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021 and let's hope no submarines hit you this week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And as we begin to close the calendar on the year 2020, we start to look forward to 2021. And so this week, Viewfinders, we want to share with you some of our tactics, strategies, ways that we do goal planning for the year ahead, and some of the things that we're looking forward to. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this has been a year, has it? (laughs) At least one. (laughs) I mean, it's been exhausting. I don't know if you can relate to this. It's been a relentless onslaught of crisis after catastrophe, after dumpster fire, after mudslide. (laughs) I mean, and then we had a hurricane and flood in our area. So Becky, I mean, it's been surreal. It's been a nightmare. Yeah, I mean... to say the least. And now, like, we want to stay positive. We want to look at the silver lining. Um, There's been a lot of good that has come out of 2020 and a lot, I think, of mindset evolution. But, man, there's been a lot of chaos. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, you know, definitely veterinarians got a huge, you know, slap in the face, if we can say that. And again, we're going to get to the positive, I promise. But, you know, come on. Around March, April, we had you know, shutdowns everywhere. And then we started coming back as essential workers. We had to go to this weird hybrid of, you know, curbside and telemedicine stuff. I mean, wow, it's just been quite, quite a ride this year. And so I think that most of us, as we close down and approach New Year's Day, are really looking forward to something different next year. Yeah. And I'm a little wary because we know that in terms of COVID, which you know how much I love to talk about, it's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. Like it is not, I feel like there's this mindset of like, oh, 2021, like COVID is going to be gone. It's a new year. It's a new life. And we know that it's going to kind of linger into spring, summer. Um, there's a lot right. of questions and variables there. But um, I think just in terms of getting a fresh start, fresh mindset, fresh leadership, we can really... Um, have some things to look forward to in 2021. Right. And I think that's the key. We're, I, I feel like we're making the turn towards hope because up until now, and, and at, when we're recording this, uh, which is just before New Year's uh, 2020, you know, we haven't had a vaccine. So just the past couple of weeks, vaccines in the U.S. have been approved. They're beginning to be deployed across the United States. So like, I think for me, that's when I got on the other side of despair and started trending towards hope. I mean, for me, does that make sense, Becky? That's, that's kind of where I feel I am right now. I know it's not over, but I can, I, if I peer way off in the distance, I think I see a glimmer of light. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, for, for all of my true crime podcast lovers out there, if you listen to my favorite murder, if you call yourself a murderino, you probably would have heard Karen Kilgariff say, um, and she was quoting her therapist, hope is smart. Hope is smart. And that really punched me in the face and the gut and then kicked me while I was down because 
I think sometimes we hope is vulnerable, right? Like hope is a little scary. Um, and we, we tend to guard ourselves. And almost, I think when we get into this place of heightened despair, like we have been in 2020, we learn to just stay heightened because of the fear of having to like go on the roller coaster of happy, sad, happy, sad. So I think we're just kind of riding through 2020 at this heightened state of frustration and anger and and all of these emotions. And hope is smart. So I love that you're talking about hope. Yeah, I, I, yes. And, and I am hopeful. And I think that really as we get into January and February, which according to all of the experts are really going to be once again challenging in terms of uh, morbidity and mortality due to COVID-19, uh, it's going to be essential for us to search for those little wins each day. Uh, you know, I've talked about tilting towards optimism, starting your day off, kind of looking for that one thing that you're you know, eager to do or, or grateful for. And I think that as we get into the what are typically the dark winter months of January, February, and March, it's going to be just doubly, triply, quadruply, infinitely more important for us to search for those little wins each day. Does that make sense, Becky? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this uh, several times and in terms of self-care and, you know, it's a mindset. You have to look for it. And especially in these difficult times and especially when we tend to be surrounded by people who are in it with us, like it's so easy. I don't want to say easy, but like when you go to work every day, there's 20 people in the practice, What five, I don't care, whatever. Most of the time we're having bad days one at a time. And so you've got like your team to lean into they'll lift you up and we all kind of teeter totter. And, and at the end of the day, we all kind of come out with even scales. This is like, everyone is right. riding the right. poop train. So like, it's really extra hard when everyone around you, you're having to explain to your kids why they can't have a birthday party. You're having to, you know, I, I've heard stories of, you know, folks who have left pra the practice and they couldn't even get a hug goodbye from their teammates because of COVID. So Everyone around us is really having a hard time. And I think that's something that's like a major difference this year as compared to normal, where it isn't the natural balance we're used to. Yeah, I was telling somebody recently, I, the thing I've found most challenging is, you know, I... I am a physical communicator, right? So I'm, I'm typically shaking someone's hands, uh, patting them on the shoulder, you know, hugging when appropriate, all those sort of things. And, you know, I'm really, you know, this has been a struggle for people like me. And, and, and certainly I'm looking forward to that different level of intimacy and communication with clients and coworkers and all that stuff. It's, I, it's brilliant what you just said, Becky. I mean, it's, it's good to hear that we are missing that, you know, hug at the end of, the, of a difficult day in our work, because that means means that that we're bonding that we're a family that we do nurture and support each other because otherwise you wouldn't be missing that yeah and I think there's like a special need well I'm sure it's in other industries too I just am not in them but like I hear so many people saying they're missing their friends from the conferences and they're missing the times that they get to spend bonding with their people and I think there's so much importance to having your people but then also, maybe this has brought to light some of the significance of having other people in your life outside of your people. And, you know, in the beginning of the year, I, I had a um, great conversation with Dr. Andy Rourke, and he, and he kind of brought that to my attention that when we have an entire circle within the veterinary industry or in our practice, and we don't have friends that, you know, don't associate that way, we can kind of end up in this muck because of it. And so I'm wondering if people out there haven't kind of realized maybe their circle 
could or should be a little bit bigger and, and um, you know, be looking at friendships a little differently. Yeah, I think most of us have really been strong advocates for having, you know, sort of two tribes in your life. One is, of course, going to be your work tribe, and that's what Becky is referring to here. And we do miss that that family, that tribe that we give see at conferences or we see, you know, at work or whenever. Uh, but then you also have to have this separate tribe that's really, you know, your personal people. And this could be family, loved ones. It could be people that you participate in an event or, you know, some type of activity, whether it's square dancing, whether it's Ironman triathlon, whatever you choose, you know, those you really want to make sure that you've got those two camps to support you because, you know, you don't know which way you're going to fall sometimes and you need both of them there to catch you. That's right. I mean, but either way, we know 2021 is on the horizon. Yes. And so um, what we've learned from this year, it's, you know, like any other quote unquote tragedy, right, or hardship, there is good to come of it. And I hope that when we all do wade out of the muck, the the good stuff carries on and remains with us. And so I think there are a lot of things we can bring into 2021 with a different and fresh mindset. Yeah. So I'll just go once again and, you know, refer to you to to making goals, starting plans now uh, for almost really for all of my adult life. This goes back to, to undergrad college. I've set aside time on January 1st. This is really one of my most eagerly anticipated days. Uh, and I, I just spend an hour or two hours. Laura does it separately. I mean, you know, we, the kids, we have them go to their room, you know, and I think they do it to, to some extent, uh, you know. But uh, I sit down with a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper and say, you know, what are the things that I set out to do and accomplished in the previous year? What are the things that I hope to accomplish, uh, you know, personal, professional goals for this next year? You know, and I start to sketch out a plan for the next year. And, you know, I think people are always saying, oh, well, that just sounds like New Year's resolutions and nobody does those. And that's probably true, but I do. (laughs) You know, Laura does, and we have for a lot of years. And we think that this is sort of the start of a roadmap. And, you know, again, if you do this, deliberately with intention and focus, this can, you know, you can start to, when things are staring back at me on a piece of paper, you know, I kind of feel like, wow, it's real. It's a physical manifestation of an idea and ethereal. And so suddenly now I start to have accountability. And sometimes when you write down, oh, I'd like to do this this year and it stares back at you and you're going, uh, that doesn't look so, <laughs> that doesn't look like a great idea, you know? So I would encourage you on January 1st, 31st, 2nd, but sometime quick, you know, in the year, start to map out, like, what would you like to accomplish? Because you cannot accomplish anything unless you have an idea of what you're trying to accomplish. And I think too often we just sort of let the tides of time take us as they will. And Becky, at the end of the year, you're just kind of floating around back and forth, you know, about five feet. You go out and you come in and you go out and you come in and you go, wait, why didn't I go anywhere? Yeah. You know, for me, I use a laws of attraction, 90 day journal, uh, promo, yeah. promo code, bet be finder. I don't know. <laughs> no promo code, but, but journaling. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know, I do that because it, it makes you quote unquote, makes you right. Lay out your mission, visions, values, and goals. And then it asks you them kind of on a daily basis. And it really actually walks you through this because it, you know, like so many other things we've talked about, Dr. Ernie, like self-care and you know, all the things we do, they, they don't come natural. You have to build this habit. You have to learn. Maybe it comes natural. I don't know. Like your kids, it's probably going to come natural because you've been having them do it forever. But like nobody in my life ever had me do that. And so I've had to learn. Um, I also want to say this, guys. They have a rocket book version that is um, you put it in the microwave and erase the pen. And um, 
I want to tell you that because day planners are super not sustainable. <laughs> and this one is because <laughs> you can actually use it over and over and over again. Um, so I, I personally love this one. It it it's um tracks, you know, your feelings, it tracks your goals, it tracks your mindset, it tracks what you learn. It just gives you an opportunity to use a lot of self-awareness and puts it on paper in a practice. And you're absolutely right. So I don't care how you guys do this. If you're making a life board, if you have a journal, you really do have to make it tangible. You really do have to commit to it and look at it. If you are making quote unquote New Year's resolutions and just saying like, I'm going to change this thing about me or do this thing, there has to be an action plan behind that because there's probably a reason you're already not doing it, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Setting yourself up to do something different or better in the new year. It's because you've noticed it and you want it. And the, the, the language and the mindset narrative have to flip. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the things too. That's a lever I've pulled with a lot of my friends and colleagues over the years is when they, they begin to dismiss new year's resolutions, right. And, and they'll fall into these categories. Like I want to eat healthier. I want to lose some weight. You know, I want to write a book. Right. And, and it's like, okay, why? Right. If you when you write it down, when you practice some deliberate act like Becky's describing, whether it's the journaling, you know, type of, of, of exercise or me writing down on a piece of paper, it's the why. Right. And, and I think that no matter what it is, if you can actually uncover the reason that you say, I want to write a book, well, what is it you've got to say? You know, and why is that saying that important to you? Right. And, and so if you dig down deep enough with any of these sort of aspirations, and you can really get to a meaningful why, then I'm going to tell you right now, Becky, you are going to accomplish that. Yeah. And cheesy as it sounds, think about your SMART goals. I mean, just saying I want to eat healthier is is actually super vague. Yeah, um, yeah. It's probably not going to happen. It, 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 what does healthier mean? Healthier than what? Like healthier than your teenage son? Like if I <laughs> eat my husband, then all I have to do is not eat French bread pizza. I mean, you know, <laughs> do I want to eat healthier than Dr. Ernie? Hell no. I would never live through that. Um, so, it, you know, eating healthy, it's just like a super relative term. And so you really need to put down specific goals in what amount of time and what it looks like. And so, when you're making these goals, and that's in your personal life, your professional life, and even if you're a practice manager or owner and you're making goals for your clinic, don't just make these vague statements. If you really and truly mean it, map it out. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, many of you are going to be listening today and you may have made a resolution or are going to make a resolution about eating healthier or losing weight. <laughs> and Becky and I both are saying, those are lousy, lousy, lousy objectives. You know. And again, even losing weight, Why? What is it, you know? And, and I will say, I will tell you as a certified personal trainer, Becky, a lot of people are motivated by vanity, by aesthetics. So I, I don't I don't dismiss people that say, well, I want to look good in a bikini. I want to look good in a swimsuit for a vacation, right? I don't dismiss that because that might be a motivator for them. But I will say this, eating healthier, exercising, meditating, all these things that Becky and I talk about all the time, it's really for health. You know, it's for well-being. And, you know, I know we had Stephen Kotler on our podcast here here in 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that Stephen has really taught me over the years, uh, and he's got a new book coming out in 2021, uh, The Art of the Impossible, which is just going to be freaking mind-blowing uh, once again. But, you know, it's, it's really, it's this power of the intention behind it. So, you know, whatever that motivator is, and we're not here to judge, but if there is an intense, you know, motivator, that something you believe in, again, getting back to that why, 
you know, Becky, very few things will actually prevent you from accomplishing that. You know, again, you know, I, I just, just from a word of advice right now, if you're having this goal about improving your health, really look down, break it down, say what you can reasonably attain on a weekly, daily basis. And, you know, because, uh, you know, what, what frustrates me again, you know, when, when I first got my uh, Ironman coaching certificate back in, what was that? Oh, five, oh six. Um, I would have these athletes come to me, never done a triathlon, Becky, you know, maybe they'd even done a marathon, which would be great. And they say, I want to do an Ironman this year. And it's like, wow. Okay. You know, if you're 25, maybe, <laughs> But, you know, Becky, I mean, these are big, bold, audacious goals that require multiple years of training and steps. And so I think sometimes people don't like the process and the journey. They just want the goal, you know, to look like, you know, Jennifer Lopez in a bikini. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, to get to that, there's going to be a journey involved. Sure, absolutely. And, And I think that there doesn't, it's not so much a matter of like, it, maybe you don't want to do the journey, but I think people can be unrealistic about the time frame, right? And right. That's, you know, that's okay. But again, I think you get into these cycles that can be somewhat disappointing if you set yourself yes. up for failure. So again, that's where it comes into that specific, measurable, obtainable um, goals in a, in a certain time. And that's really where I, I lean into those those smart goals. There's nothing wrong with having BHAG, right? That big, hairy, yeah, yeah. goal. But it, if it's impossible... Um, and if it's unattainable, then you're setting yourself up for failure, which is actually more of a damaging cycle. But the idea of, and I'm going to tell you, this is why I'm kind of feeling very strong about this this year. Um, your, your, your friend of mine, Megan from Vertical Vet. Yeah. And I had a conversation the other day in which she said, you know, it's, it's hard because there's nothing to look forward to. Um, and in 2020 has taken away a lot of the things that we were all really looking forward to. I mean, I've seen everybody like, oh, I was going to this concert. I had this poor Heather Hopkinson. She's been on this podcast before, had a, a trip of a lifetime in September. She was, you know, going to Iceland. She was just a, a trip of a lifetime and wasn't able to go. And I think um, in 2021, especially, we're really going to need to create things to look forward to, make our own happiness, at least to start, um, and to be in charge of our mindset of accomplishing. Because I, I do feel like in some sense, we've all kind of fallen into this existence mode in 2020. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, Megan and I had this conversation as well. And a lot of those disappointments, uh, not personal, but just, you know, like the this, this involved travel, right? I mean, suddenly travel was severely limited, if not outright impossible to do for many places in the world and the country during 2020. And so what, what it really did to me and my family was it made us reevaluate like the emphasis and I guess I would say requirement of travel, right? So, you know, like our vacations typically involve surfing. I mean, that's when our, our family, you know, really digs. And so suddenly now you can't go to Hawaii, right? You can't go to, to any of the countries that we might want to visit or areas, you know. Um, and so how did you shift and morph into something that was kind of fun? Well, you know, I, I think that that for a lot of the year, we just kind of were like, oh, woe is us. But then towards the middle of the year, we said, okay, this is the new normal-ish thing, and we're just going to deal with it, and we're going to try to make our own fun in our own way. And I'd say we had mixed results, you know. I think that that what I what I really want to emphasize to people, and I think that why Becky brought this up once again, is that this is part of a goal. And what Becky is saying that, okay, great, 2020, yeah, everything got super whack. But now is the time to look ahead and say, what, you know, if there is this trip of a lifetime that you look at, 
maybe September, October, November of 2021 might be an appropriate time to do it. I don't know. Nobody knows. But, you know, it's there's planning those things to give you that anticipation to look forward to. I think that's really what, what Becky's trying to say here. No, yeah, absolutely. Whatever it is. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. It, it, and again, I think we have to be realistic. Like, um, I have had no trips to Hawaii taken away from me this year <laughs> <laughs> or anytime soon. So it's relative. And I think that's another important thing to remember, right? Like, I could easily roll my eyes and say, like, oh, poor Dr. Ernie, yeah. his Hawaii trip got taken away. But that's important to you, right? That's it's what we save for. Every, I know. Yeah. We budget for that, right? I mean, everything kind of is like, hey, how can we make this happen every year? You know? Sure, you sacrifice to do that. And, and you worked your butt off for 20, 30 years to be able to get to a point in your life to do that. So I think it is easy for us to be on because there is such a, a widespread, especially in the clinic, right? We, we've got like, you know, a lot of folks who are are having a hard time making ends meet and there's a perception of other people having it a certain way. And, you know, I live in a household with two incomes and there are a lot of people out there who don't have two incomes. And so my problems look very different from their right. problems. Right. But they are all sucking right now. Right, and right. so like, even if it isn't yours, like we need to try to look out for each other in a different way and say, okay, losing a trip to Hawaii to me would be kind of exciting just because it meant I had a trip to Hawaii. But the truth is, is that devastation is the same across the board, no matter what it's looking like for you. Yeah. And honestly, you know, if you finders, I hope that doesn't sound some kind of like, uh, you know, elitist or, or, you know, privileged. I know where I know I am privileged, but, you know, it, it just, you know, it's like, hey, this is kind of our family thing. That's the only vacation we take every year. Uh, you know, we stay very frugally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which is which helps us, but you know, regardless, you we know that you guys have lost something last year, so it's now time to say, hey, what could we do maybe in twenty twenty one? Yeah, and to to your point, you know, you didn't lose your trip to Hawaii and replace the trip a trip to anywhere else. You just lost your family vacation. So let's like not even worry about where it was to. You lost your family time. Your girls are in college. Well, one's in college, the other's on her way, right? Like so. And they're not at home and you value that time very much and you know it's limited. So pretentiousness is is not even a matter of it because you're not sad you missed Hawaii, right? Well, I mean, maybe yeah, a little. But, but you're, you're sad, sad you're sad you missed the family time. Because right. of the, the time that you get with your family. I see I'm sad because I go to Hawaii with you on Instagram. Um <laughs> so, you know, for everyone, it's just been well, a bummer. And we are all really needing to stretch our wings in some kind of way. And and I think we can look into 2021 for ways to do that and to kind of look out for the people around us and, and help them do that. Now, there's one other thing, too, as we sort of end today's uh, get towards the end of today's conversation. As you're making goals, especially professional, veterinary work related, I want us to be really careful not just to slip right back into the pre-COVID routine. I think there's a lot of learnings that can benefit us on the other side of this. And so what I'm really challenging all of my little peer network is to say, okay, look, because quite frankly, Becky, all the owners that I, you know, communicate with on a regular basis, they're all like, we just can't wait to get back to normal. And I'm saying there is no normal, right? And what can you do to make it better than it was before? Because there's one or two processes that, you know, systems that you implemented or created or iterated on, and 
it's going to be better. So I want you to preserve the benefits, you know, and maybe shuck some of the stuff that was wasteful and inefficient prior to. So as you're making those plans moving forward to 2021, and I would argue you didn't have to have a pandemic for this, but how are you going to make 2021 better for you personally and professionally than it was in 2020, 2019? This is why I keep saying, look, honestly, I feel, look, I'm 54 years old. I feel like I'm better at nearly everything, I'm not as fast or as strong as I was in my 20s and 30s, but I'm better in every other way than I was in my 20s and 30s. And so I think that's that should be our goal always to say, are we actually getting better in some aspect? Are we more creative, more energetic? Do we have better stamina? You know, endurance is great. I mean, even in my 50s, I have way more endurance than I did in my 20s and 30s, uh, simply because of a byproduct of a, you know decades of training. You know what I'm saying, Becky? It's like, can you make yourself better every year? And that's really wants to be careful to to pay attention to the things that we did really creatively during the pandemic that we can continue to to do afterwards. I yeah, I love that, and and I think we can even focus on twenty twenty one and say what is it that we want to take from it? What is it we can um, you know grow and introduce? Like I think that people have started to maybe value their family time a little more. I know a lot of people who were working very hard, uh, myself included, traveling. I got 90 flights a year for the last three years, according to American. Um, And I know a lot of folks I've talked to um, that have said, you know what? I am not missing it. I'm not missing it. I didn't realize how tired I am. I didn't realize how tired I was. I didn't realize how much I was missing at home. So um, I honestly think that we can keep that focus in mind and then, you know, use this opportunity as well in terms of clean slates. I know we have so many new pet owners out there. We have so many new clients out there and education is so important. And we have an opportunity to take a whole new generation of pet owners and bring them up the way that we want to. And so um, personally, I feel like there's a grab bag of good things we can be doing. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and you're right. This is a once in a generation opportunity, as I've said so many times here on the podcast and elsewhere. You know, we are seeing an entire shift demographically uh, t- from baby boomers, quite frankly, to millennial Gen Zs. You know, I am a Gen Xer, so we're kind of in the middle there. But, you know, there's this big sea change happening. And like Becky said, this is an opportunity to raise them up the way we want to. So let's take advantage of that. Yeah, we I really want to know, too, like what everybody else is going to be doing, because, you know, there are so many cliche, you know, things. But what is it? You know, are you going to be nicer to your kids, teachers? Are you going to continue homeschooling? Um, Are you going to give up travel? Did you find a new career? Did you go back to school? Um, I'm excited to see what happens with all this online education that we've talked about, where, you know, now there is so much education available to all the people out there because we have tapped into, um, you know, virtual platforms. And so I'm really excited to hear what people are going to be doing that they're already excited about in 2021 to carry over. Um, Because I think, like I said, I think there's a lot of like we did a lot of creative things like you mentioned in 2020 that. I think we're going to be able to do a good job within 2021. Yeah, so Viewfinders, we are so excited to welcome 2021 (laughs) into our lives. We hope that you have been safe and healthy uh, throughout this period. And uh, obviously, we are continuing to think about you guys. We know we're not done by a long shot with this pandemic, but there is hope at the end of this dark time. So we are really looking forward to that. What are you doing 
to goal plan. How do you goal plan? Do you have a structure? Do you have a process? What are the tools that you find most effective? We really want to hear from you. So drop us a note on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can go to Facebook, Veterinary Viewfinder. And of course, we're always eager to take your tweets on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. <laughs> Picture that scene from Moana where he just draws a bird because that's as exciting <laughs> as you get from me. <laughs> we hope you guys are all having an amazing happy holiday season. We are so proud to have another year here in the books with you guys. And we are looking forward to 2021 with you hearing about what you're doing and and just guiding more of these conversations. Yep. And if there's a guest or a topic you'd like for us to tackle, definitely drop us a note on our social media or just give us a, a message or email or however you'd like to get in touch with us. Tell your friends about this. Let's start 2021 off right. Let's get our heads filled with positive ideas and the initiative to change. So again, on behalf of Becky and myself and all of the viewfinders out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy, happy new year. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye. You did great. <laughs>